This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Okay, guys, we are back. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, brought to you by BeatSource. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! That's right, guys. Welcome back. We are here. We're doing it week after week. Shout to everyone that has been coming out to my gigs. I post them all on my Instagram, and I love when you guys come up and say hi, so check the... Check that page for my schedule. I'll be in Dallas later this month and a bunch of places. So uh, make sure you come say what up. Also want to thank you guys for all the amazing messages I get pretty much daily about the podcast. I read them all. Gives me the fuel to keep keep going. Make the show better. Um, you can always send me a message on Instagram at DJ Spider. DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Also, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen or watch. Leave a comment on YouTube. Help us grow the show. Really appreciate it. Um, We are all on the same team. I love growing the show with you guys and doing it. Uh, And today, I'm so excited to bring this show to you. Um, This is someone I've been talking about getting on the show for a while. Uh, We have someone with a very unique story. Uh, Someone that brings genuinely good vibes to the podcast and also to everything they do. But this guy's story is like no other, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it, learn from it, and be entertained by it. Uh, They're an L.A.-based DJ, producer, and content creator, which is an important part of this, you'll see. Um, Some DJs, you know, may complain about having to do the content creation, but this guy does it for the love and really has mastered it in certain ways. Um, At the time of recording this episode, he's approaching one million music-loving followers on TikTok, almost 250,000 on Instagram, um, and there's no sign of him slowing down. He originally moved to L.A. to go to law school, which is such a crazy story, and become a lawyer. Ends up graduating, passing the bar exam, only to become a famous DJ online and choosing that as his career path. So you got to hear this whole story. It's incredible. So many gems are dropped on this episode for all the people that are mystified about you know, social media and content creation. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And for people just searching for their identity as a DJ, throwing their own party and coming up nowadays, you know, he's from the younger generation of DJs. So it was pleasure just getting to know him better, hearing his story and trying to understand uh, where he's going with things and his goals and dreams. So please welcome to the show, DJ Habibits. Yo, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I walked in and we've got the Road Podcast recording uh, in LA. You know, it's an honor to have them in. And it looked like they had hijacked my guest when I walked in. It's like a practical joke being played on me. I walked in a little late and I was like, what the hell? These guys took took him for their podcast. Yeah. So we thought there was going to be another beef between podcasts, but it was just Thankfully a practical. We avoided yeah, we avoided it. That. You know, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, we, we squashed Biggie it. Tupac. We squashed it. It's, it's cool. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, you're going to be on their podcast eventually in a few yeah. months. Um, uh, some, which I'm some, stoked. I love those guys. Great guys. Oh, me too. They're the best. You can, you can, if you listen closely, guys, right now, you can maybe hear the ghost of Crooked, you know, talking behind <laughs> us. <laughs> um, but yes, thank you for being here. I'm so glad to have you. Uh, I'm glad we're doing it in person. Me too. And um, yeah, I was trying to figure out kind of how we connected at first. And um, I think that I, I saw you on Twitch at first, like that, just in the beginnings of all the DJs flocking to Twitch and the pandemic and seeing, you know, just all the DJs meeting each other on there. And I remember seeing you and being like, oh, this dude has really dope uh, 
you know, graphics and knows what he's doing, playing dope music, Thank you. really deep voice, you know, like a <laughs> <True>. radio announcer, <True. laughs> soothing, deep voice. <laughs> I uh, do what I can. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, this is really dope. So I immediately followed and then, Thank you me. know, noticed you were very consistent and, uh, uh, you know, and then from there, I know a lot of things happened and then your uncle reached out to me and I put it all together that it was the same person I knew from Twitch. Yeah. And by then you had already been doing TikTok and blown up. We were back on the road and I was going to DJ this place in Atlantic city or I just had, and you had just got booked to DJ yeah, there, yeah, um, yeah. HQ two. So yeah. shout to Zach and everybody guys. out there, Manny. Um, so yeah, so, so, uh, such a crazy kind of connection of it's things. It's a small world, dude. Yeah. It's really crazy how it all just, especially post pandemic. I feel yeah. like so many of these like, pseudo connections i made online that i'm like meeting everyone in real life right it's like, it's i know thing. i love it yeah even last week i was djing and dj meal came up and we'd been following each other on year for, for online for years and then i was like wait i never met you in real life this yeah. is so weird like yeah. i hear your voice in my head like typing on twitter but yeah. i've never actually heard your it's voice crazy. yeah, yeah it's so yeah. nuts and your uncle i mean i have history with through the uh san francisco club scene yep, yep, yep. and i was a resident at um one of his clubs yep. for years and yep. years. I mean, I did New Year's Eve there. I've great done, times. yeah, so many, so many great <laughs> I, times. I used to play there all the yeah, time. Harlot, yeah, Harlot, right? All so the time. Yeah, that yeah. was the spot. Um, do you know Martel? Of course, yeah. Martel, he's like family to me. Legend, yeah. San Francisco legend. Oh my god, yeah, he's the man. <laughs> like, just you know, he's he's incredible. He's like, basically I, like another uncle to me. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love Martel, yeah. dude. So it's like you were birthed into the nightlife scene, then, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, pretty much, I suppose. Yeah, like because those guys are. You know, they know everybody. They've been around forever. I remember probably one of my first gigs in San Francisco, uh, like a traveling gig and kind of a bottle service club. And the beginning of it was this place called Fluid. Okay. And that was almost the beginning of like San Francisco bottle service stuff. And it was um, DJ AM. Whoa. DJ Premier. There was this guy, Derek, that would book a lot of the people there. Um, what year is this? Um, this was probably 2006. Whoa. And it was like the spot, like it had like the floor lit up and all this stuff. And it was like, I think AM was a resident premiere, um, maybe Steve Aoki, like, wow. um, DJ homicide, like, and then I got to DJ there and Martel, I think I met him through that and through Scott Murphy. I don't know if you know him. I don't think so. Yeah. That was my original manager, but yeah, he's just such a legendary dude. Oh God, and, dude. and the best I mean, guy too. The best nicest, guy. Like, guy. and he can party, like if there was like a partying Olympics or something, <laughs> Yeah, gold. Medal. I feel like he'd be like the Tom Brady or something where yeah, he's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yo, you're still going. Like I saw him one night come into the club and he he was like, what's up, bro? He's like, I broke both my legs. <laughs> and I was like, and you're here? He's like, yeah, yeah I'm on crutches. Yeah, it's all yeah, good. Yeah. He's like, we're going to the after hours after. You want to come? I'm like, you broke both your legs and you're going to an after hours It club. sounds about right. It like <laughs> sounds about right. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like so many stories. I'll tell you later about that's them. Awesome. But, but yeah, that's so cool. Such a great connection, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, it's cool. You know, I think a lot of people know you from different places you know from yeah. social media and from not social media you know but if they do know you from only social media they don't realize that you've actually kind of cut your teeth and come up in this club scene and yeah. were DJing a ton before you were even making TikTok videos and totally, Instagram totally. and all that stuff yeah that's like an interesting thing um I, especially when I first started sort of gaining a, a following on TikTok and on yeah. Instagram and and Twitch and stuff like I feel like 
a lot of DJs who didn't know me thought that I had just like picked up some turntables over the pandemic, right. which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm always yeah. encouraging more people to. I mean, I will it. say um, you do have Stanton turntables, which is I've never seen anyone be using on the uh, on like the making the videos. Right, right. Usually it's like a controller or something. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you mean? Uh, no, I don't know. I guess techniques or pioneers seem to be like the standard the ones. Yeah. But uh, you know why I have Stantons? Yeah, why? Um, it was. DJ, we're getting real nerdy right off the bat, guys. Yeah, okay, so I was, I was, I've, I've been DJing now for about fourteen years. Okay, I, start, I wow. started when I was about four, uh, fourteen. Okay, thirteen, fourteen, um, and started on CDJ three fifties. I wow. think, um, yeah, and um, well, actually started learning on my uncle's CDJs, which I think were like one thousands at the time, or right. maybe two thousands. I can't remember. The yeah. year was like 2010, 2009. Okay. Um, and something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. But um, so then I was like on CDJ 350s for a while using actually CDs. Yeah. For, that's how I learned. He made me like burn a book of CDs and I right. had to write like five songs on each, like what songs were on each CD. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. So <laughs> anyways, I was on like CDJs forever. And then at some point I wanted to get actual turntables and I was like deciding between techniques uh, or uh, the pioneer turntables and like. I didn't have the most money. I was like in school oh, yeah. and those things can be expensive and oh, I'm blanking on the name of the DJ DJ. He was like a, he was like a three style champion. Right. And he had a video out on YouTube that was okay. like, or he had an article written that was like buyer's guide to turntables like yeah. for aspiring turntables. Okay. And he, I'm trying to remember his name. He recommended the Stantons. He was like, my favorite turntable, Stantons. That's crazy. Yeah, and he wow. was like, he's like, this is what I would go with, and you can find them cheap for like if they're used, you can find them cheap. Yeah. And I went on like Guitar Center, like used turntables, and found mm -hmm. I think each of them were like 320 bucks or something wow. each, and they work just like right any other turntable. They work actually really like powerful. Like the torque is crazy. Like, wow. Like I feel like when I'm on, um, techniques, if I press down a little too hard, like the, right. They'll stop or whatever, but it's not true. with the Stantons. Like those things are fucking powerful. Yeah. Yeah. They all have their own like torque. That's why when I use the pioneers too, I'm like, Oh, it's too powerful. Like yeah. it like speeds yeah. up too fast yeah. and messes up my mix. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, well, yeah. So maybe that's why people, you know, they saw a different turntable. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> Just on some DJ nerds. Yeah, stuff. no, no, always. But um, yeah, sorry to interrupt. But so, so you were, um, so yeah, I mean, you've been doing it for 14 years. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. 14 years, yeah. And and where did the name come from? Like, let's let's go back to that, you know, where I just introduced you. But, uh, yeah, where is the name? You know, I think, um, if I remember correctly, I was just sitting in the dorms with a friend of mine in college. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to come up with, a, like, a new name. I sort of had a name at the time that I really didn't like. Um, and I wanted <laughs> to, like. say it or not? It's so <laughs> bad. So, okay, so my name, my real name is Ibrahim. Okay. But I go by AB, right? Okay. It's just, like short for Ibrahim for a lot of Arabs. I don't know why that happens, but like Ibrahim okay. becomes AB, I Got guess it. maybe like Abraham becomes Abe. Right. Um, and so at the time I was going by DJ honest Abe, which is like the <laughs> dumbest. I don't know why I, mean, I was it's going not that bad. I, it was the worst out. thing ever. I was like, I don't know. I was in college and that's <laughs> what was going on, but I was trying to come up with something new and I wanted to like, I don't know. I'm super proud of my like Arab identity is like a big part of who I am. Yeah. So I wanted to incorporate the culture into it a little bit, but also like have it be DJ relevant. And then 
I think a buddy of mine just suggested that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And yeah, it's dope. I like it. It's a play it's on words. Kind of stuck ever since. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely, you remember it like right away. Yeah. And what what's, can you talk about the origin of the word Habibi or like how you use it with your friends and family Absolutely. and how it's used? Absolutely. Yeah. So Habibi is just like a, a term of endearment. Okay. That like literally probably the best translation of it is my darling. Okay. But it, but it can, it's used equally to like your boy to your right. mom, to your girlfriend. Like you could say it in any of those contexts. Right. So like my parents would call me that. I would call like my best buddy that. Like I'd call my girl that. Like it all, it all. It right. Just, it's, it's not general, gender specific. Yeah, it's a general term of endearment that right. like amongst Arabs is used all the time. Okay. Yeah. That's what I noticed and that's what I thought, but I never fully like got the breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. just uh, good to know. Yeah. Um, and so just, you know, for people listening, I'm sure some people, you know, know your story, but um for people that don't, I mean, the super brief uh, breakdown is like you're from the Bay Area, like you're we saying, you're from San Francisco. Um, you studied up there. Um, from what I could gather, you were up at UCSF. You got it. USF. USF. Yeah, UCSF's the medical school. Okay, so you're not a doctor yet. I'm not a doctor. That's coming later. <laughs> yeah, yeah <same. laughs> when you're 40, you're gonna go back to medical school, be a yeah, lawyer and yeah. a doctor. So you went to USF. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, for econ, yeah, that's what I heard you talk about before. Ended up moving to LA um, to become a lawyer. Yep. Went to law school, passed the bar. Yep. <laughs> basically, had the ability to become a lawyer, and in the meantime, had blown up on TikTok yep. and become a professional, famous DJ yep. through various <laughs> social media platforms and other parts of your life. And now that's your life. That's a, that's actually a really good summary. <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, I, mean, I think. <laughs> That's probably one of the craziest stories of a DJ. Also, you've got the most solid backup plan of any DJ I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no, every other DJ I know is like, I don't know what to do, bro. I'm going to deliver boxes for Amazon. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you can go and start your own law firm. Yeah, if you yeah, want to. It, it, it's, it's so. really crazy. And like, I feel like just like the direction life takes sometimes is yeah. just so, you never know. It's so true. And for me, like, DJing was always, always, since I was a teenager, my favorite thing ever. Right. And it so, was a thing yeah. that I always put the most effort into. Like, yes. more than school, more than anything. Like, I did <laughs> right, good in right. school, you know, but, like, I, I was never straight A's. Like, I, I, DJing was the thing, right? Yeah. anything music-related, right? Yeah. And I just I always told myself that, like, I never, ever in a million years thought that I could or would be a full-time anything to do with music right. it just didn't seem real to me i don't know why it just seemed like oh in another life like you know maybe but yeah. like it just never was anything i thought would actually happen right and um but i always but i never wanted to stop so i always told myself like as long as i can still go to school and do the things professionally and academically that i need to take care of mm -hmm. while still djing right and i'm gonna do both until i can't you know yes. I, can't, I can't do both anymore um funny enough i actually took a break from djing in my first year of law school because I was like, I'm in law school now right. and <laughs> maybe I should not DJ, um, for, you know, cause this is serious. And I need to focus. Yeah. So course. I took a break, um, that whole year and I was miserable. It was one of the worst years of my life wow. for a lot of reasons. It was just law school's hard, especially the first year. Sure. And like I was in a new city and like, it was just a lot, right. but like, I just remember feeling miserable, like not having that creative outlet anymore. Right. So then I started DJing again in my second year and my grades went up. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. It proves you have to have stuff outside of, you can't just focus on one thing. Even if you're just a DJ, you have yeah. to have other things outside of you that. Have you, know? to. you have to, you have to. Yeah. And like, especially like in law school, I feel like sometimes there's this mentality that like you cannot have fun. 
Like there's this, especially right. your first year, this mentality of like, you're, you're doing what this weekend? Like, no, we're, we're studying. Yeah. Like, we're not going to come see you, DJ. <laughs> like, right. we're, we have to study, you know? And like, I couldn't do that. I needed, I needed something else right. going on. And, and so that's how that, yeah. What were you, what was, what was your goal with becoming a lawyer? What type of law did you want to practice? I, I was thinking that I wanted to work in music. Okay. Like, but like from a legal perspective. Right. right. So I was thinking maybe I would represent artists, maybe go into artist management, um, maybe work for a label. I wasn't yeah. really sure. And I was like trying to kind of figure that out toward right. the end. Yeah. And do you think that it's going to help you or has it helped you in your DJ career at all having that I knowledge? Think, I think it has for sure. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of, I mean, a lot of DJs have to do their own contracts or yeah. read their own contracts or whatever. Right. And then not only with the DJ stuff, but if I'm doing any sort of social media work that's like sponsored content or brand work or anything like that, there's contracts involved. And yeah. so um, I've been able to like, and granted, I don't have the experience of like, a lawyer who's been practicing for yes. 15 years or something. Yeah. But like I can read these contracts and they're not like, they don't seem like a foreign language to me. Right. And I can at least point out like key things that are like, okay, no, or this needs to be changed right. or whatever. Um, I also like was like lucky that I, I got to intern um, in my last year. I interned at Insomniac Events for a oh, while, cool. who puts on like yeah. Hard Summer and EDC and right, some of the biggest rave promoters in the world. Huge, yeah. And I worked uh, for the legal department, and oh. so I got to like write and edit and draft and redline a ton of like entertainment related contracts, right? And huge ones, huge ones, yeah. And so it was like cool to like that. I think that more than anything was helpful. Yeah. After I graduated, for like my current right what I do now, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um. That's, uh, yeah, it's like, can you just, like, reply with a whole different name, even though it's you? You're like, <laughs> you know, as the lawyer. Yeah, I mean. Like, listen, he needs this much. <laughs> I don't know if I would I would do that with a whole different name. Probably not good, good practice. No, no, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's um it's been really helpful, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's so interesting. Um, and so, um, you know, to go back to, um, like, coming up in San Francisco, um how did your family feel about you, you know, saying, okay, I did all this. I went through all this school and now I'm going to be a DJ. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a funny, it's a good question. It was something that I was really nervous about. Yeah. It's like, I, uh, I don't know. I didn't even think that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. So, of course. So when I got to that point, um, I told them, you know, and, and, and at the time I had like an opportunity to, um, it, like an opportunity in front of me to to uh, have a weekly radio show, like a live mix show for um, TikTok Radio, which was just starting on Sirius XM at the yeah. time. And it was like a year long contract for like a weekly show. Oh, great! And um, and, and you still do that now, right? No, the year finished, and oh, I, okay. I don't do that anymore. Yeah, All right. but um, do they have DJs on there? I've listened to it sometimes, but so they did up until that year, and like, now it's just songs from TikTok. As far as I know, right? yeah. yeah. As okay. far as I'm aware, um, but. I think that was like a turning point for me a little bit getting that opportunity because that was the first time I thought to myself, like maybe I could actually do this for a living because yeah. I didn't think that really up until right. then I was like, this is cool, but like, I don't know how to make this into a career, yeah. you know? And, um, so when I told my parents, I kind of had that opportunity in hand already, which was like, I think good because they understand the concept of like radio like that, but like TikTok for them was like, so, oh, yeah. or Instagram is like a foreign concept, right? Like, right. so it's, it's tough to say that, but like basically their reaction was like, you know what, this is what you've always loved and this is what you're good at. And if you can make a living off of it, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out. That's great. Yeah. yeah very supportive. Very it sounds supportive. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, I love them. I love them. That's, that's amazing. Um, and so, 
how did, I mean, how did the, you know, like we said, you were doing Twitch, you were on there all the time. Yeah. I would see you all the time. You seemed very into it and very like, you seem very forward thinking in terms of technology as well as music and, and everything. Sure, but, but it, it, you know, you seemed, you were probably one of the first people I saw on Twitch and also one of the first people doing the green screens and just all the advanced stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and playing like Afro beats and cool different music, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and incorporating Arabic music and stuff that yeah, you like, you yeah. know, which was cool to see. And it wasn't just the same thing. Um, how did you go from that to then starting to post these TikTok videos? And were you active on Instagram a lot too during the TikTok time or were you just focused on TikTok? So yeah, great question. So, so funny thing about my Twitch is that it's not a green screen. Um, oh, it was, uh, I know it looked, no, weren't you in a coffee shop? Yeah. Or something? So it looked like I was in a cafe. I had a, I had a, yeah. I had a, an apron on and I called it hobby cafe. Yeah. And, um, but it wasn't a green screen. It was a photo like of a cafe that we had then my friend Julian had, no. had, had, was, was a Photoshop, Photoshop wizard had yeah. basically like cut out the center of the photo and then made that the camera feed. And so the outside of like my immediate zone was all a photo, <laughs> which is why it looked so real. <laughs> and it was cause it wasn't a green screen. Right. And then where I was also wasn't a green screen. It was just a video feed. And the wall behind me in our house was the same color as the cafe picture wall. Oh my God. So it like looked, and we also had like a source of like, we had a window that was where, yeah. where the picture window was. So it just looked real. Like it just looked like that the- so funny. <laughs> I think I probably struggled so long to try to understand, like replicate what you were doing. Cause yeah. I'm like, what is this guy? <laughs> it looks crazy. Like he's really in a cafe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone who came into that stream thought I was really in a cafe. Like, well, because at first I'm like, maybe he's really there. And then I'm like, oh damn, he's killing it with the green screen. But that's <laughs> so funny to hear that it was just the cutout picture. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so okay. it, it just, it, it worked out really well. Wow. Um, but then, yeah, so my whole, like, basically when I got on Twitch, right, pandemic started. Yeah. And I started DJing. I was bored out of my mind. I couldn't leave the house. Right. Like every other DJ. And yeah. I started DJing on Instagram Live because I needed to, like, do something. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'm still in law school finishing that up, but, like, I was bored otherwise. Yeah. And Instagram Live would, like, shut me down after five, ten minutes for copyright. Right. And a good friend of mine, Segundo, he goes by the Candy Rain. That's his DJ name. Okay. Um, I like that. Super talented DJ. Um, he is like a tech god. And he was like, dude, you got to get on Twitch. Is he on Twitch? He is, although way less so these days. Right, I okay. Think, yeah. But um, I wonder if I saw him. Tried to pop onto everybody's stream. Yeah, I know he, he did a lot of gaming stuff on Twitch oh, okay. as well. but And some DJing. But right. he was like, you have to get on Twitch. And I was like what's Twitch? And then he like <laughs> told me about it and then show, and then helped me with like OBS and like getting an audio interface and this is how you route the sound. So it's clean and like showed me everything. So then I hopped on Twitch and I think I was probably one of the first like 10 or 15 DJs on Twitch because yeah. like it was early because he was a really early adopt. He was already on it pre pandemic. So he like, okay. you know, knew all about it. Right. So, so, Immediately, my thought upon like getting on Twitch was like, okay, it's gonna be really difficult to like recreate the club atmosphere yeah. on a laptop that yeah. someone's watching in their living room or their bed, and I don't know if like that's possible to really do well. So rather than do that, I'm gonna try and take it a different direction and like do a daytime stream that's really chill. I'm in a coffee shop and like I'll call 
call out fictitious orders and like, cause everyone's working at home right now cause it's pandemic. Right. And instead of playing like club bangers and like all this stuff, I'll play jazz and funk and soul and Afro beats and like R and B and just all this other stuff in between. Right. Uh, and that's kind of the direction I took it and it went really well. And we had like this nice community of people that would show up every day. I did it five to six days a week. That's a lot. A lot. I would stream once or twice a week and I'd be exhausted. Yeah. It, I don't, it was just the thing that kept me going. It was yeah. excited. It was exciting during um, pandemic and I met a lot of cool people, right. and DJs and like, it was the coolest thing. And in between classes, I would like, cause I had my set schedule of, of classes and like in between that I would come on and DJ. And, um, I DJed maybe five to six days a week for like seven or eight months straight on Twitch. Wow. And it was a lot of fun, but toward the end of it, I had like finals and like was getting busier with school and yeah. I was like, I have to find a job as a lawyer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, it just became a little too much. Cause like Twitch is a really long form uh, platform, right? right? You can't like hop on for 10 minutes. Yeah. You have to hop on for like at least an hour or two. Yeah. Um, at least. And it was just becoming hard for me to do that at a, at a point. So I took a like break and my initial plan was like, I'm just going to take a break for like a month, mm -hmm. like just like, you know, get some mental rest. Um, right. And then that month like finished and I, I didn't feel like going back. So I took another month and I was like, I still don't really feel, it's like I got five days a week again or right. you got to stick to a schedule. It's like a TV I show. Yes. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, just like, it wasn't working for me. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I don't think I'm going to get back on Twitch, like in a real capacity. It's just too hard and I'm finishing up school and all this stuff. Yeah. And so, but I still wanted some format of like creative outlet. So January of like 2021, which is like, my last semester of law school, like January to May, um, I downloaded TikTok and I was like, oh, just like make some videos on TikTok, like purely for fun, like just as a form of output, like output. Yeah. I did zero, I did not think about like trying to build an audience. I didn't, I didn't want to, it wasn't like what I was aiming for. Right. Like I remember even posting on my Instagram story, like, LOL, I made a TikTok. Like if you want to come check out my <laughs> shenanigans, like right. <laughs> here it is, you know, and, and I didn't think anything of it. And I posted like, you know, maybe four or five videos and like, it was cool, like nothing crazy. And then I post, I was listening, okay. So I was listening to an Ariana Grande song one day, which is the song Good Night and Go. Okay. Great song. Yeah. Uh, and that song is a, a cover of an Imogen Heap song from 2005. Right. And at the time I was under the impression that like everyone on TikTok is like 13, which is wrong. It's not the case. Like, Oh yeah. I've I, learned it's every, it's oh, everything is on there. Everything. Every the whole age, world. every type of human, everything. Yeah. And, but like at the time I was like, Oh, I bet these like 13 year old kids on TikTok probably don't know that they're one of their favorite Ariana Grande songs. Like is a cover of like this song that was like, came out before they were born, you know what right. I mean? Like, um, and, and I also, I'm like the oldest of four, right? So my youngest okay. brother who's in high school right now, like, is like, I've taught him how to DJ and he's super into music and nice. I'm always like at trying to educate him on where stuff comes from. Cause I like nerd out about that stuff and, yeah. and he'll show me something that he loves. And I'm like, dude, this is a sample from way before, you know? Right. So, so it kind of felt like an extension of like how I, you know, talk to my, my youngest brother about like music and stuff. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, like these kids probably don't know. So I posted this video and it was like super simple. I wasn't doing anything technically cool on the turntables, but I literally was like, do you know this song? And I played a little snippet of Ariana. I was like, well, it's a, did you know that it's a cover of this other song? And I played a little snippet of Imogen Heap. Yeah. And that video 
went like bananas. And like in one day, I think I got 10,000 followers on TikTok. Jesus. Yeah, like in one, like overnight. And right. I, so I woke up the next day and I'm like, what? Like, so okay. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I was like, and I like, like who sampled.com was like my homepage for many years. You know what I right. mean? Like I nerd out over that stuff. Yeah. So I've always fun. loved it. And, and so I'm like, I could, I could do another video like that of like something like that. So I did another one and same thing happened like 10,000 more followers. Oh my God. So it's like now two days into this and I'm like at 20,000 followers right. and I'm like, okay, so I do. Did another. your Instagram even have that much at that point? No, my Instagram was like at maybe 2,500. Right. So immediately you've like surpassed, oh, eclipsed yeah. all Way, of your other stuff. Yeah. And I've literally <laughs> been like doing DJ stuff on Instagram forever. Right. But like, right. but yeah, so but the thing with, with Instagram pre reels is that it's not really a way to get out to people that yeah. don't follow you already. There was no discovery. Same with Twitch in a way you yeah. could discover a bit, but it was like we were helping each other discover each other more than the platform was totally. But TikTok somehow has figured it out. It just like flipped everything on its head. Right. Yeah. Like, Cause TikTok is not about who you follow. It's no. about, it's about who you don't follow. Well, every time I open it, it's on the, for you, the for feed, you page, not yeah. the, the um, other feed, like you know, like, yeah. yeah, my following one. Yeah, because it's entirely about, like, we're going to show you stuff you've never seen before. Like, I think I follow someone new on TikTok every time I open it. Totally. Because it'll show me something or I'm like, oh, wait, that was cool. I'm following that person. You know, and I don't, there's no other platform really where I, I do that. I yeah. don't think. You there's know. also no other platform where that's the, like, expectation or intention, right? Like, yeah. I feel like that's, because the whole platform was like that from the get, from the jump, right? So, yeah. like you go on there expecting and, and wanting to see new things. Right. And, and it's more of a conversational sharing feeling than Twitter where you're standing on top of a box screaming out into the open and seeing who wants to listen. Instagram where you're like, check out this thing I've put together for you to now, you know, critique. Yeah, yeah. Like YouTube where it's like, I'm making a TV show. Like everything has its own thing. This yeah. is more like this we're hanging out dude have you heard this sample it's yeah. so crazy literally and you know and then later on someone else can take it and duet it and, and everything keeps getting remixed and remixed just like our culture is yep. becoming now you yeah. know so it's a mirror of that in a way 100 percent. so i think that's why it's you know gaining so much traction among no i everybody. think so too yeah and like and like the other thing about tiktok is like it's super super like um it's just about authenticity it's just yes. about like not hyper produced right like polished like it's just about like i'm just a dude in my bedroom like doing something cool right like checking 100%. out or like telling a story yeah or whatever it is even yeah. some of the djs i see on there it's like handicapped people yeah. and like all kinds of people that you're like what is what are, what is going on here yeah, they're like live streaming but it's amazing that they're able to do that on there and live their life and do something probably they never thought they'd be able to do or connect with people you absolutely know? and yeah. that doesn't happen on any other platform really absolutely yeah and then like what blew me away too was like those first few videos that i started posting that started gaining traction yeah a lot of the comments were like about the music and like oh i didn't know that cool but then so many of the comments were just like oh, i love this guy's vibe <laughs> like, which like blew me away. I was right. very, it was very nice to people, but like, yeah. but people were like, "Oh, I just I love seeing how excited he gets when he transitions into the, you know." But like, that's huge, and that's something just about DJing that's been a part of DJing forever since the beginning of it. Is like, do you f identify with the DJ up there and their yeah. vibe and their energy and their feeling? You know, like because it's a human activity, right. right? It's about connection, the yeah. whole thing. So right. So that was like a huge part of it, which I never expected. You know, yeah. these people are like, oh, I just like your vibe. <laughs> yeah, cool, thanks. You're like, I like you too. Yeah, thanks. yeah, sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're all friends. Yeah. So, so then basically, I was like, you know, I post like three, four videos like that. Yeah. All about samples and stuff or covers or anything like that. And um, 
they were all doing really well. So I was like, okay, I like tripled down and I started posting three videos a day for two, wow. for two months straight. Oh my God. And I'm like literally like finished law school zoom class and like, uh, turned on my turntables and like made a video and then went back to law school zoom class and like did another one. And so I'd post three videos a day for two months. And at the end of two months, I was probably at 500,000 TikTok followers. That's nuts. Which is just like, how were you getting the inspiration for each video? Were you like thinking of songs you like, or were you going on who sampled or were you like doing a mix of everything? Uh, probably a little bit of a mix. A lot of the beginning was just like stuff that I liked right. stuff that I personally like geeked out about when it came to showing my yeah. friends. Like, so I did like a lot of like ones that I found really, really specifically cool. Like there was like, there's like a Drake song that samples like a Sonic the Hedgehog music from 1990 yeah, something. Yeah, I saw it, that one. That was dope. Yeah, like and so, I didn't realize that until I saw your video. Yeah, so. yeah, it's so <laughs> stuff like that. Like I think is the coolest. You know, yeah. when it's like a really obscure sample that they've really like sped way up or down or something like that. Right. Um, and even the like sort of contingent of older DJs, probably my age and a bit older and a little younger. Like I feel like there tends to be some sort of push back on some of those videos of yep. like, we've been doing this. So like, this is what we've been doing. And it's like, okay, but like, you have to think about how old you are, how old the, the world keeps moving, whether you're doing stuff or not, you know, yeah. and things move in cycles. Yeah. And like, like you said, I mean, a lot of the kids were not born yet or 10 years old when some of these came out. They weren't watching you do that. They didn't see you do that. So no offense to the fact that you did it. But, like, maybe you should do it again then yeah, and yeah. show it to the world again, you know? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. some people are just discovering Elton John from the Dua Lipa song he did with her. And some people are like, you don't know Elton John, you know? So you can't hate on anything like that, you know? The world keeps moving and absolutely keep sharing interesting things with each other. Absolutely. Like, I got so much just, like, flack on Twitter at the right. beginning from, like, just old I heads, find that so stupid. Which is very funny to me because it would be like, He's acting like he's the first person to discover this sample. I'm right. like, I didn't say that. Right. I'm not I'm not acting like that. I was the first person to ever do this. Yeah. Like, they, people get so defensive. I'm it's like, like if you're then you go do it. You you yeah. have the complete ability to go do the same exact thing. Yeah. It, just because you did it 20 years ago doesn't mean you can't do it again. Exactly. And like I think people have to realize that that I get a lot of comments that are like okay, Captain Obvious, <laughs> like right. everyone knew that. And I'm like, no, they didn't <laughs> because no. there's like 100,000 likes on this video and they didn't totally. know it. And, like, yeah. and, and not everyone has the same experience as you. They're all different ages. They're all different. They're from different places in the world. There's people watching TikTok in the middle of nowhere, yeah. you know, and different ages. I DJed, I played a Cascade Dead Mouse song that everybody knows like a couple weeks ago. And then this kid came up and he goes, what is this? I love this. And I go, oh, it's Cascade Dead Mouse. I remember. This is amazing. I never heard it before. I go, how old are you? He goes, 23. Yeah. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. Like, we're, as DJs, our job is to keep introducing the new generations to things. You That's know what I mean? That's the whole thing, yeah. And, and like, yeah, just seeing Grandmaster Flash this weekend on Jazzy Jeff's page. How many people watched him and didn't know stories he told and breaks he was doing and the way he presented it he wasn't like i did this before i'm not doing it again you know it's like keep doing it that's what we're here for that's the whole thing right and like i think that um people don't realize that like i mean sometimes maybe djs don't realize that as djs this is our world yeah so like we're hyper aware of these things yeah but like non-djs or people who aren't really into music like that like just don't know right, right? why would they right no. like it's just so 
it's just like totally. not their world, right? And so like what may seem really obvious yeah. to us is like not obvious for yeah. an, an, your average music listener. Right? Yeah. And that's the target audience here. Right. Because I, I say this like when when I get asked from DJs about like making content and stuff, like DJ content, I, I tell them like something you should think about or like keep in mind is that your primary audience is not DJs. Like yeah. don't make stuff to impress DJs. I mean, unless that's what you're trying to do, you're trying to be turntablists and like do cool routines. That's different. Yes. But like, but like your primary audience is not DJs. And that's right. like something that I think a lot of DJs forget. Um, they all forget it. And all the way down into the clubs and in <laughs> Vegas and everything, it's been a thing the whole time because you always hear like, well, um, yeah, like, well, you know, this person would be doing these kind of videos, but nobody cares. And it's like, yeah, because that's a very specific nerdy thing that we all like, yeah. but it's not going to go to the masses, yeah. like you're saying. You I know? kind of liken it to, like, pop music versus, like, jazz, right? And yeah. I love both. But, like, right. pop music is, like, easy for anyone to understand, yeah. comprehend, and enjoy. Right. You don't, it's like simple, right? Like it's not simple. It's very complex, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it's no, easy I to know follow. What you mean. Yeah. But like something like high level jazz is like right. not the easiest thing to like appreciate if you don't already know a lot about music yes. or you've been in that world. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a very different thing depending on who your audience is. Yeah. But so, so you, so basically you posted the, all the videos for, um, three videos a day yeah. for, that the rest of that year you said yeah uh, for for two months for oh for two months yeah, sorry three videos a day, yeah. for two months as you were finishing school yep. made it to five hundred thousand followers yep. which now as we're recording i think you're approaching a million right yeah i'm at 940 940 yeah. i think 940 something on I think, tiktok yeah, I think so yeah um and then on instagram you got like probably quarter million or yeah, something it's, it's like about 200 i think 223 last i checked yeah crazy so i mean that's insane it's bananas dude That's like i i every single day during that growth period i was and today honestly even today to today yeah i'm like who am i what's going on like <laughs> like i'm just like i don't right. know i feel very lucky yeah and, and very blessed and it's just like, well i think something to just from an outside observer something that you've mentioned a couple times here and just seeing who you are is that everything that you've become successful at you've done for the love of it and you've done out of just to do it. And like you said, I don't think this is going to be my real professional thing. Oops, it did, you know, yeah. but you did it for the love of it. Yeah. And that's really where the spark of anything, you know, some people that are really successful comes from. I think if you were looking at it from just being famous or making money, you probably wouldn't have done as well. I, I agree. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. That's actually another thing I always tell like DJs who, or anyone who wants to like try and make content. Yeah. I just tell them like whatever you make, make sure it's something you actually are into and right. that actually excites you, right. and that you're not making something that you're like trying to make viral because right. that it just backfire. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, like share things that you were sh shared with you that you thought were interesting the same way you did, the way you showed your brother, the way you want to show everybody, the things that you learned. Um, that's so cool. And so, okay, so going through that, you get to the five hundred thousand. You're posting the you know three videos a day for two months. And you were talking about burnout from Twitch. Do you get burnout from TikTok? Um, yeah, but um, it's much more like manageable, I think, okay. because it's, it's such short form right. content that like, you know, sometimes I'll definitely have periods where I'm like posting a lot really frequently. Yeah. And then I'll have periods where I'm like booked a lot in real life, especially as the world has opened up. I know, up. it's changed. That's right? the other thing. Like, because at first I was just at home 24 seven. Yeah. So it's easy to be like, what am I doing today? Yeah. Three TikTok videos. 
But now I'm getting booked a lot more and like doing just more real life things like outside. Yeah. And so I just have like a little bit less time to like sit there and make videos, but I still make them. But it's just like, I guess it's also nice because I feel like now that I've gotten the, the following to a point of like really solid base, like I don't feel the need to like actively feed it 24 seven. Like I feel like, okay, if yes. I want to take like a week off and not post anything, that's fine. And I'll they'll, post it. They'll be week. there. Like, they'll yeah. be there. Yeah. It's not going to. So yeah. Has it translated to like when you do get booked out, people actually showing up like with yeah. that? Really? Yeah. It's that's crazy. what they told me at HQ too. They're like, yeah, like a lot of people came, you know, they were really happy. It's, it's pretty crazy, dude. Like I, I get recognized everywhere, which is like a trip. <laughs> like it's just the right. weirdest thing. And, yeah, and, sure. and almost every time I, I play gigs, people come out specifically like for me and they're like, right. dude, we follow you on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. That's crazy. It's so crazy you're here. And I'm like, it blows me away. I'm just like, right. thank you. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, is there any like like through line or connection to any of the videos that went super viral, like more than the other ones that you've noticed or anything that you've learned from making all these videos now? Yeah, I think a couple things. Um, I think that songs or, or music that's like relatable to more people. I mean, yeah. it sounds like obvious saying it out loud, but like if you're going to do, if I do a sample video on like a really niche song and sample that like no one really knows either right it's probably not going to do so well right so but like if you do a sample video of a drake song then more people know drake so there's like more odds that that's gonna do well but then i would also say like separately if you like like there's a community for everything and every type of thing on the internet i don't know how else to say that but like there. So there, there's been stuff that I think is really niche sometimes, but it turns out to not be niche. Right. Right. So like I, I did a mashup of a Burna Boy song called Last Last. Yeah. And then a Punjabi MC song, which I'm not going to pronounce the song because I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, <laughs> but I, pr- I put them together and that's like a really niche thing for me because I love Afrobeats and I love like Bhangra and Punjabi music. Yeah. And I put, I, I put those together and I was like, I just thought it'd be cool. But then like. So many people online like commented like yeah that video was huge yeah oh that's the one that you posted. I oh, used yeah. it to for have people ask questions like on my Instagram and my Twitter and that alone got people writing me like this is dope what is this yeah. and I'm like no I'm just posting his video yeah like, yeah yeah and that's like that blew me away like I didn't think that video would do that well I just right. posted because it it's something I did and I liked it yeah but like then this whole community of like all these Indian people or like like people who are in Afro beats or whatever, right. or just people who like music. We're just like, this is sick. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, dude, my, my guiding principle has just been to trust my taste and trust. Yeah. And that's, trust. that's what it seems like. You yeah. said it in that sentence. You're like, I just thought it was cool to me, you know? And then you genuinely thought it was dope, you know? And yeah. also you you may have the other video of you playing it live. And like, like you said, I just like your vibe, dude. No, it's like, you know, you, you're coming off like you're having so much fun in the video and you're just like sharing your passion and love and zest for life, you know yeah, what I mean, through yeah. the music and everyone around you. And it's just like a good feeling, you know. Exactly. I think people really like in general. Like in life, I think people really enjoy seeing when other people are really passionate yes, about things. Totally, could be anything. Yeah, cooking, 
skiing. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, I don't know anything about skiing. I don't watch it. But, like, if you love skiing and you start yeah. talking about it, like, it's the best thing in the world. Yes. Like, I just want to hear about it. Yeah. You know? and, and it's cool to see people who are really passionate about whatever it is they're passionate about. Yeah. And I think. It's so true. That's the sort of guiding principle for me is, like, rather than try and, like, I have no, like, schedule of posting. I don't have, like, a. Oh, I got to hit this genre and that genre. Yeah. Like I literally just like something that I'm into right now. If I've genuinely vibe with it, yeah. I'll make a post about it. And right. like, sometimes it does well, sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to be able to try and you just got to try. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, and so what about, um, and also, uh, not to get off the TikTok stuff right away, but like it led to that radio show. Yeah. And then has it led to, like you said, potentially working with other brands or, yeah. I don't know, other opportunities that you never would have thought of. Yeah. Oh my God. So many things like, um, it's really crazy because like TikTok is a really powerful marketing tool. Yeah. Right. It's basically like what it can be for if you've used correctly. And it's like, it takes, it, it can put you in front of eyeballs that otherwise would have never seen what you do. Right. Right. And, and some of those eyeballs are powerful, right. And yeah. they can like help you do things or they can, book you for things or they can connect you with someone. Right. And so like I've done, you know, I've done a, a lot of brand deals and sponsored posts with like anything from like, I did one with Denny's, which I never thought I would work with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't even seem like relevant yeah. to me, but like we made it. Did you see that one? No, I didn't okay. see it. It was like Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity or something. No, like, okay. So I like Denny's hit me up and I was like, they wanted, they wanted to like work together. And yeah. I'm like, I wonder we like need you to spin on some pancakes. Yeah, I'm like, what are we gonna <laughs> do here that's gonna make sense? And their concept was we went to like a kitchen and recorded all of these noises. So like there's like eggs cracking. Oh, that's dope. Like eggs cracking and whisks whisking and uh spatulas hitting right. and all this stuff. And they sent me all the files and like we want you to make a beat out of these files. Okay, Denny's. Yeah, and 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 then we <laughs> want you to like go to a Denny's and like film yourself there and like make make a whole Yeah. And that's like, dope. So that's what I did and like the video like every comment is like this is the best Oh, I got to see that. No, I missed it. Yeah, all the comments are like I'm going to Denny's right now. Like, <laughs> so they were happy. Yeah, yeah, it went really well. Um but like I have worked with Denny's, I I did some with Converse, I've worked with um I did one with Ready Whip. I did one with Goldfish. A lot of food now that I think about it. <laughs> I, I've done, oh, I've done stuff with like Serato. I've done stuff with Pioneer. Yeah. You know, DJ companies and, right. and uh, music companies and audio tech companies. And um, so that's been cool on like the sort of brand deal side. I've also done like a fair bit of like consulting work now, which I never thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I've like done things where I'll meet up with a marketing agency or, or an ad agency and like just talk to them for an hour about how do you as an agency best work with creators on a platform like TikTok to market your right. things. Because and I can see how that's valuable to them. Totally. Well, because that's like the new frontier of like marketing and advertising yeah. and it's like very different than any form of media. Yeah. Right. And so as someone who's lives on that and like has done lots of sponsored posts on that, I have like a unique insight. Right. And so like I get work doing that now, which yeah. is like so crazy. Um yeah, like things like TikTok are almost like you cannot understand it or know how to do it well unless you do it. Yeah. You can have people working for you that do it well, but you won't understand what they're doing all the way. And that's where the marketing people, I feel like, are probably so outside of totally. the bubble until they talk to someone like you or people that are in in the trenches, you know, making the videos. Absolutely, yeah. Ha have you 
moved on to like doing stuff on YouTube or other now that you're pretty big, you know, on those platforms? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything on YouTube. Um, is that a, of interest or is it, it a competitor? Is it, are you allowed to? No, you're totally okay. allowed to. It's all, there's no, yeah, you could post anywhere. Um, cause I know YouTube has the shorts and they're really trying to come for TikTok, and it seems like they're the one company that does have the ability to rival reels seem like they're rivaling as well, but it still seems so different with just the ability to search on TikTok is so different than Instagram feels so old school. Like you can't type two hashtags or two yeah. topics or yeah. it, you can't find anything like on TikTok. You find it in a second YouTube yeah. and Google as well. And YouTube is Google. So yeah. I want, it seems like they're going to be able to use some of their magic and where they are to, compete in a way i i totally agree i think that's definitely happening it's funny you say would like, you upload your sh the same tiktoks as shorts to youtube yeah i've actually to, been considering that i haven't i done feel it. like it would blow up <laughs> yeah i haven't done it but i've been meaning to because <laughs> youtube tiktok seems amazing and i don't think it's going away but it seems like in a super long looking long term out youtube doesn't seem like it's ever going away it's only going to become bigger and bigger and bigger and same with tiktok but it's it has such a you know, like I'm about to cancel my direct TV and sign up for YouTube TV and yeah. it's going to be the household thing, you know, in a way. Yeah. I mean, and it's got the like Google backing, right? right. It's like all in the same. Yeah. Universe, so yeah. I mean, I don't know for me, it's just like, it's like any other business, right? Like this is yeah. my whole life now. Like this is yeah. like what I do. And so, um, or not just social media stuff, but I just mean like DJing and content creation. Right. And yeah. so like any business, I'm going to do everything I can to like maximize my reach and my, and my yeah. profits and like, just like the success of the business. And so if that means like uploading my content on all these platforms at the same time, I don't see why not. Right. I mean, I already upload all my content on both TikTok and Instagram reels. Right. I right? noticed that. And, yeah. And that's actually the reason that I have a following on Instagram because the, like the like turnover, I guess, or like the click through rate from like TikTok following translated into Instagram following was really low for me. Right. Like at some point I had like before posting on reels. Yeah. I had like maybe 700,000 on TikTok, but that only translated to like a total of like 12,000 on, okay. on Instagram. Right. Then I started posting all my TikTok videos on the reels and that is what like grew the Instagram following. Right. So like two distinct followings. It's not the same people. Right. My point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally different people. And the platforms treated differently, right? It's almost like YouTube will pay people like pretty good for yeah. things. Instagram's starting to pay people for the reels like enough to get them hooked, I guess, but not enough to like support your life, it yeah. seems. And then yeah. TikTok, I mean, from what I know, and then TikTok seems like they're just like, thanks for posting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I then maybe we'll do a deal with you or something. Yeah. I, the primary way in my experience personally to like make any type of money on a, on TikTok is like just through branded posts or sponsored right. posts. Like you can sign up for the creator fund, but um, I don't think it really pays out that much. Right. Um, but I mean, that's the interesting thing though, right? Is like as a creator right now, it's kind of like a sweet spot for yeah. us to be in because you have all these giant companies that are like competing against one another yeah, and they're thereby like offering better and better things to yeah. like entice creators, which right. is like a good, it's a good spot for a creator to be in. Right. right. Now. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting, like all of this is so new to me too. It's like this, I just never thought I'd be in this world. <laughs> right. And here I am. And it's just, I'm trying to figure it out one day at a time and it's totally like the wild west. Yeah, no, I mean, it's well, and you're in multiple worlds too, because you're almost coming back in, 
from the pandemic, like you had been a DJ for a really long time, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now you're like a touring DJ yeah, that can much, go yeah. around the world. I mean, you were just in France yeah. doing gigs. Yeah. You know, you were we were together in Arizona. You're going here. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Atlantic City. You're like, I'll be there next week. <laughs> we're like, we'll see you in Nashville next week. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. You're also probably trying to navigate that and um, trying to figure out how to probably negotiate with now nightclubs and booking agents and traveling around and that whole world as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's so. like um, that is that's like the other thing that you know pre or like during the pandemic when it was like super you couldn't leave, you couldn't go yeah. outside. Like that wasn't really a thing, right? But now that the world's reopened, that's like a huge thing. And, yeah. And as a DJ, our favorite thing is to play live. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what right. I want to do. Like, yeah. that's not, like, I love making content and it's really fun. Right. At the end of the day, like, I want to be in front of real people and, like, having that human connection and, like, the music's loud, the speakers are loud. The, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing are, like it. There's nothing like it, you yeah. know? And, and so that's what I want to do. And, and I've been able to do that a lot more now, thankfully, you know, because of, like, the sort of traction I've got. Um, but it's funny striking a balance now between like live stuff and like still making content. Like I find myself yeah. making way less content these days. Like it's just numbers wise because right. I'm focused more on like live stuff or I've actually really been focused a lot on producing because I want to like sort of, I, I want to become an artist is my goal, right? Yeah. Like my, cause I, I feel like as much as I love DJing, like, and I have a lot of respect for people who DJ like full time and, and are like do, you know, travel and do clubs all over. Like yeah. my goal is not necessarily to just be like bottle service club DJ every weekend. Like I rather make my own music and have my own sort of niche vibe or sound and then have people who also like that yes. and come to see me do what they like and what I like. Yeah. Know, and take what you've learned from sharing just your sample ideas and the things you love in the, and take it to the production level, you know, exactly. Yeah. And so, hone your skills on that level so you can feel confident and good about what you're making and then sharing it and create the next level of your community. That's the thing. Yeah. And I also realized too, that like things like this are fleeting, right? Like, yes. Like, I hope this isn't the case, but like TikTok could be gone tomorrow. Totally. Or maybe they ban my account. Right. right. And then like, then what? Yeah. You know, or, so or, good to or think like that. You, Cause you never know. Like, yeah. uh, and I don't, I don't want to rely on like something that's out of my control yeah. for the rest of my life. And I also don't want to be, you know, 20 years from now and I'm still doing like sponsored posts with brands. Like not that I, not that I have anything against that. It's great. But like, yeah. that's not what I want to build my career off of. No, I think you should have goals and dreams. And I think that's, you know, a natural progression from what you've been doing and where you're going, you know, and obviously you're very open-minded with music and you're very passionate about it. And, um, if you can hone in your production skills, which I know you've been doing yeah. and you've already done remixes and been putting stuff out. So, um, that's, you know, that's the way to go. And, and that's how to build the community. I mean, if you look, that's, Music is a worldwide thing, you know, and then that's how as a DJ, you're able to tour the world now by having songs more than just being the bottle service DJ. No offense to no, there's just, no offense. You know, to I mean, that's me. That. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> no but, but I see that that a lot of people are touring off songs. I mean, that's just the way it goes now, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think like, like, yeah, at a point, there's a distinction between DJ and artist, right? Or, yeah. Or or, and sometimes that gets really muddied, I think. But, like, at a point, it's, like, unless I'm bringing something to the table that's, like, 
my turntablism skills are out of this world, you know, right. like, or my live performance ability is just so crazy cool. Like at a point you kind of hit a ceiling if you're not, if you're just playing other people's music and not, not making your own. Yeah. I feel like, um, unless again, you bring some crazy thing to the table, yeah. but I'm not like a turntablist, right? Like I can, I could scratch a little bit here and there, like, you know, but I'm not like right. you or a four color sack <laughs> or a miles Medina doing crazy. Like, and I, I wish I could, but I'm not that guy. Yeah. But not everyone needs to be everyone. You're a very well-rounded DJ from just the couple times I've heard you play. Appreciate that. And, um, I think you bring that element of genuine, fun and passion that we keep talking about as well as the eclectic music you know i mean somebody actually that's interesting because it i i read on the way here i was like uh sitting at a stoplight i wasn't driving don't worry but uh <laughs> i was looking at twitter and i saw um con you know legendary uh producer dj dj con uh he wrote an upcoming an up-and-coming dj asked me what advice if any do i have identity she didn't know what I meant. I explained in depth. And then he wrote, you know, what does identity mean to you as a DJ? And I think that's something that's interesting and something for people to think about and sort of plays into what you're saying. You know, you have to create your identity. And what is that? You know, like, and what do you want your identity identity to be? You know, you're, you hold the destiny in your hands, I guess. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like, finding that takes time and it takes, like, a trial and error. Yes. You have to, like, figure it out. But like recently for me, it's been really cool because I, my first like sort of foray into producing, yeah, I made a remix a little over a month ago of like a, a really famous Arabic song by an artist named Nancy Ajram. She's like, she's like Beyonce of the Arab world. She's okay. like a really big deal. Been around yeah. forever. Everyone knows all her music, right? Amazing. Um, and I remixed one of her classic songs into like a like Brazilian funk slash like Jersey club remix. Like I made it really clubby and bassy and hard and like yeah. just changed the whole, I like turned it on its head. Right. Right. And, Cause those are things I'm really into recently is like a lot of like, are you familiar with that Brazilian funk sound? That oh bi yeah. Bile funk stuff. Yeah, like, for sure. I mean, nice. the funny thing is it was huge when Serato just came out. That sound was huge. Cause like, Diplo was putting out stuff as Hollertronics yeah. and they were using those and MIA and she yeah. was using that in like 2006 probably like those drums you know from that world and it got really big because we weren't playing house music at the time but we were playing up tempo you know yeah, 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 yeah. and that was the way to play it and still remain funky and I feel like now it's having a resurgence in the open format kind of world oh, yeah you it's know? huge and I've, and I've been into it for for a couple years now and right. I've also been really into like Jersey Club stuff recently Hell yeah. so I like tried to meld all those worlds together, right? Like, cause I took this like Arabic music that I grew up with, but like the club stuff that I find cool now, yeah. and like tried to meld those two things together and it worked really well. And yeah. I was really surprised at how well it worked. And like, not only did like, I posted the video of, of that remix on the TikTok of just like me in the studio with the Ableton right. file open, just jamming yeah. to it. And that video is currently at like 1.4 million views. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I think over, 2000 people have like made their own TikToks using the sound. Oh my God. Which is like crazy to me. Crazy. And then I got to like play it for my first time. I think it was the first time I played it live at like my birthday set, which is like a, a month ago. And, um, uh, it was like, 
so well received and there were so many like arabs in the crowd and i played some other arab music as so well so they really knew so it. they loved it. oh no no the first time i played it was at in san diego a couple months ago okay um and there were i didn't think there were gonna be any arabs in the crowd but there were and they were going crazy they were like what is going on right right like we it's like all of my world <laughs> colliding like, what is going on and both there and at my birthday where i played it and i played some other arabic music too incorporated in with all this house music and everything right People came up to me, specifically a lot of Arabs came up to me and were like, dude, we have never heard our music played in the club or like played like this. Like we've heard it at weddings. Like, right. you know, this is where we usually hear this stuff. Yeah. But like no one's ever, when you played that, right. I was like, didn't know where I was. Like, and That's amazing. Like, it was crazy. It was the coolest feeling yeah. of all time. And like at my birthday, um, this, I remember this one girl told me that her friend during my set started crying because she'd never felt so represented, wow. like, musically. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was, like, a cool... And it's so funny because, like, growing... Like, all my DJing for, like, since I was a teenager, right, never, ever did I incorporate my, like, Arab heritage musically into right. my DJing, ever. Yeah. Except weddings. Like, when I did air weddings, of course. Yeah. But, like, as far as house parties, clubs, bars, like, I never incorporated that music because I don't know why. I just didn't think people wanted to hear it or I didn't right. think – I don't know why. I just never did. And it wasn't until, like, recently in my life, the past couple of years, that I started thinking to myself, like, you know, people love uh, Latin music even though they don't speak Spanish. Yeah. Right? Like, why isn't it like that with Arabic music? Like, right. Why can't we make that happen? You know? Yeah. And, and yeah, K-pop, Afrobeats, a lot of music now is out with, we don't know what they're saying, you know? Exactly. And I feel like now the world is at a place where it's like really starting to accept all sorts of like alternative things yes. that are outside of the U.S. like sort of Western sphere of music. Right. And like, it just felt like the right thing to do to like carve a lane for myself, like, like, you know use this stuff that I grew up with, but like incorporate it with the stuff that I'm currently really into. Yeah. And that's not to say that that's all I want to do, you know, but this is something that like is, unique. Yeah, but you're, you're on the journey of crafting your identity, yeah. figuring out who you are, which will always be an ever evolving thing. You don't have to stick to the one thing, but it's nice exactly. to build this part of what it is. And then it can keep evolving and keep building. And you have, you know, I think you seem good at staying in tune with your passion and what is making you happy or not, you know, yeah. and you have to be able to follow that and not just ignore it or not do what you think other people want you to do. Absolutely. And like, what's also been really cool is that the last few shows I played, I, I go into those shows, not really thinking too much about like, I just go into them. Like I'm going to read the crowd, see yeah. what happens. Cause I don't go into much of a pre-planned set or anything. It's right. always just like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, but several times now I'll show up and people will come up to me before my set and they go, we came just to hear you play like Arabic music or play this or play that. Are you going to play your remix? Right. Are you going to drop that? Like we came just to hear it. And I'm like, whoa, like people are actually like down with right. like, what I'm doing and like here for it and are yeah. coming to see me do it. Which right. is like a new phenomenon. Yeah. You know well, I mean? It's like such a magical feeling and just phenomenon. Like you said, that's so incredible. You know, like you're at home creating this thing, getting that goosebumps and that feeling. And then yeah. you can't wait to share it with everyone. And then the people actually want to hear it and want to, you know, experience it with you. Absolutely. And, and oh, and I remember one of the first things, so my uncle, who you know, yeah. taught me how to DJ. That's who taught me. That's who taught yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the first things he taught me was, 
I think the first thing he taught me was that you have to move your body when you're DJing because I, <laughs> I, I, I tried transitioning a track and I was standing dead still and just I was just like, trying mm. to like, <laughs> I was trying to just like time the play button on the CDJ <laughs> right. and I was like, uh, play. And he was like, stop. <laughs> and he was like, this is music. <laughs> right. You have to feel the music. Yeah. You cannot stand there like a robot. That so is so I true. I think that was the first thing he taught me. But the, probably the second thing he taught me was, um, was he's like, you have to realize that as a DJ, people are not there for you. You are there for people. Right? Yes. And that's like the number one thing a lot of new DJs like mess up is that right. they think they, they get way too into their niche because they think people are there to hear them play some underground yes. dubstep. Oh, it's a great lesson. And they're not, you know, they're not there to hear that. And then I, he said something along the lines of like, when you get to the point that you're Tiesto or, you know, whoever, yeah. and people are buying tickets to come see you do what you do, then you can do what you want. It's so <laughs> it's true. Like, but until then you're there for them. It's all the other way around. Yeah. And it's so cool because I feel like, it's, I'm finally kind of getting to that point where like people are coming for me, yeah. which is like such a new thing and right. something I've always wanted. And yeah. Like, you know, so it's, it's been really cool. That's great. I love, I love to see the evolution of your goals, you know, being achieved and like the stairway and ladder. Um, and, and something you mentioned too was about the sharing of the sound, how you said thousands of people have shared that sound in their own video. And that's how your stuff spreads as well and how TikTok spreads as well. And I know Reels are trying to do it, but like Alicia Keys uh, took your video where you were explaining the sample of her song. And then she made a whole video where she comes off so passionate and so happy and so excited that you're doing that, which must have just filled you up with insane amounts of like joy and inspiration Dude, and surprise. I, I, I came like so close to crying i don't even I don't remember <laughs> if i did i can't remember but like i was while i was watching that i was literally like tears were swelling like, i mean as eyes. you should <laughs> totally like, understand yeah like i mean it's crazy <laughs> and she's she's watching you in the video duetting it and just like she's so happy you're doing it and then i'm sure that spread it to a lot yeah. of more people yeah. and just the ability to you know utilize the sounds and spread it around like that i think is so cool yeah it's really cool and it's like a big big way in which a lot of sounds and artists and people get yeah. discovered and like just like get traction on TikTok, right which is really cool is there any other like insane moment i know you've had a ton but insane moments that have happened that you never would have thought of i guess maybe any other artists sharing sharing your videos or meeting you or um i think i did a mashup of uh a Skepta song. I threw Skepta's vocals onto "It's Bigger Than Hip." Oh uh, yeah, Dead Press. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I threw Skepta's vocals onto that, and Skepta like commented on it, and I think he just said something like, "This is dope." Like, yeah, I don't know what he's that's crazy. And I was though. like, "Yeah, <laughs> it was so cool." Um, that's amazing. But yeah, man. I mean, it's been it's been really crazy that like people out there just like see the stuff. Right. You know, there's been several producers who like have produced. I can't remember names off the top of my head, but like producers who've produced like some of these top Drake hits or whatever that yeah. I'll do sample breakdowns on, and the producers will comment and be like, "Yo, hell yeah, this is tough. like thanks for highlighting." Right. Right. Like, That's so cool. Because in the same way, they made something they were passionate about, and now it's being spread around like that. You yeah, know, it's yeah, all this yeah. full circle. Yeah, and I always try and like as much as I can find the info, I try and like credit the producers yeah. too because that's who's doing right, this, right? Like, <laughs> yeah and speaking of like your own identity people coming to see you play and all those things you uh th throw your own party too right i just did the first one okay last sunday 
Okay, I, I saw you promoting it. I wasn't sure if it had happened yet. Sorry, I was. I don't know what else. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was okay. So one, yeah. last, how did it go? And super well. Yeah, yeah that's like, amazing. I was really nervous because it was. Uh, it basically we put it together really short notice. Like I got yeah. hit up. I've been wanting to do this for a while, right? To throw my own party and basically call it like a Habibis and Friends or something. What's like it called? That. Habibis House. Okay. Um, yeah, and I've been wanting to do that for a while. Um, just to do one, I wanted to do one and just yeah. like see if it could do well. Yes. And, but I just, it, the time didn't come or it just wasn't there yet. Right. And, and I got hit up kind of last minute, um, by this bar owner who I know. And he was like, you know, we're not doing anything this weekend. If you want to throw a party or do something, you know, <laughs> you're like, I have just a couple days to promote yeah, literally this three days, like oh my God. three to four days. Um, it's not ideal. No, not ideal. And, and, and it's funny. <laughs> the first thing I did was talk to Segundo. The Candy Rain, uh, who's mm-hmm. the guy who helped me get on Twitch. Right. And I talked to him and I was like, dude, I got this opportunity to like throw a party this weekend. Is it, but I have like three, four days to promote. I was like, A, would you be down to DJ as well? Cause I need DJs. Right. Um, but B is like, is this a bad idea? Like, is that even <laughs> possible? Cause he throws a party in San Francisco um, called Candy Rain. Is the oh, name of okay. Party. And it's been happening for like 10 years every other Saturday in SF. Wow. Amazing party. How crazy. Um, so he's a, a lot of experience throwing parties. And so I asked him his advice and he was like, dude, when you have an opportunity in front of you, you have to seize it. You know, take it, you know, yeah. like worst case scenario, it's not the best party or whatever. It's fine. Like you take the opportunity, take the risk. Right. So he convinced me to do it. I, I did it. I got him and a few other DJs that I, that I really love. And, um, basically like the premise of the party was, this is a place where DJs can fully be their most authentic selves and it just do whatever, like whatever you're into, yeah. whatever you like, do it. Like, right. I don't, I'm not going to limit you on genre. Like the, but the, the goal is to make people dance. Yeah. But like, aside from that, like do whatever. Right. And, um, so I got a few DJs. I started promoing as much as I could making TikToks and Instagrams. Like we're doing this, we're doing this. Right. And I was really nervous that not that many people would show up, um, <laughs> but it actually went really well. It's not the biggest like venue, so it didn't take too many people to like fill it up. But I, I think probably like, where was it? It's called the Melrose house. Okay. Um, it's on like East Hollywood on Melrose. Okay. Um, and they have, it's like they have an indoor and an outdoor. And we only did the outdoor. So that was like kind of cut the venue in half a little bit. Yeah. And it was like a vibe outside. Um, And maybe like a two, maybe 200 people showed up, like 150, 200 people. And it was like in that, in that space, it filled up real nicely. And everyone was like there to dance, there to have fun, like super friendly. Like it was a very like cool community feeling. Yeah. And what was surprising to me too, was that so many people came for me which I was like, really, I don't know. I just didn't expect that. And so yeah. many people were like, dude, we saw your post. We're here. <laughs> like, yeah. We can't wait. Are you going to play some Arabic music? Are you going to drop your remix? Are you going to do this? Right. That's great. And it just, it went really, really well. And everyone was like, dude, we can't wait for the next one. We're bringing all our friends. Like, let us know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it went really, really well. And I'm excited to do another one. Hopefully. Are you going to do like a schedule? Or are you figuring that out? I'm figuring it out. I think just because like my personal schedule is a little... Yeah. all over the place like like in november i'm going to toronto and doing this and like so right. i don't know i think what i'd like to do is do another one-off 
that's just like I have like a good two three weeks to like actually promote it. Yeah, a little bit more. Try and really pack it out and like make it super successful. Yeah. Um, and if that goes well, then I'd like to maybe formalize it a little bit more. Do maybe a once a month, or maybe it travels from city to city or something. Right. I don't know, but um, I'm just happy it went well. And yeah, and, congrats. And had a good time. Oh, I want to come by. Let me know for the next one, dude. Please, I'd love to have you come, DJ. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm down. Please. Yeah, oh, I want. I definitely want to play with you hopefully we'll play together in nashville we're going to be at this uh dj conference out there yes, so yes get to dj but i heard you rock it at um beyond the music and um that was and <laughs> one other spot too where were we somewhere i heard you play again somewhere maybe i'm tripping but i mean i've heard you play on twitch but beyond the music was fun like you were Dude. playing all kinds of stuff people were riding tricycles around i don't know what, <laughs> what was going on dude i don't know what was going on either that was really fun it was and the whole week the whole like event was fun but um, it was a really interesting set for me because I got hit, basically told I was going to play it pretty last minute. Yeah. And I've never played for a crowd full of Just career DJs. All DJs. <laughs> Every single person there yeah. is like, this guy does Vegas every weekend and this guy's a That's traveling so international. Yeah. Like Puffy's there. Right. right. Like all these like. Yeah. At that point, you have to block it out of your head. DMC <laughs> champions are there. I'm like what's going on right uh, or three style champions right, like right. all these people yeah and so i thought like i don't know at first i was like a little nervous but then i kind of blocked it and i was like you know there's no way that i can like really read this crowd or what it's like right. i'm just gonna do what i like yeah and that's what i did and it worked really well i feel like everyone had a really good time yeah great vibes um, even at some point puffy who i've never met before came up to me during my set and like just dapped me up because he loved it and he like gave me this big high five yeah and i was like yo puffy is like dude i love your shit i was like thank you man that's great um it was really fun that's so cool yeah i love those kind of things i mean the dj community is really i think supportive yeah. of each other and inviting for the most part it has it's like haters and Ups and downs and jealousy and whatever DJ it is. Twitter. Yeah, DJ Twitter can, you know, have its arguments. Totally understandable. But but I think for the most part, we're all here for each other and supportive of people that are doing it for the right reasons. Totally. And I think people, we can sense that about each other. And anyone that's going to go out of their way to go to one of these conferences is really trying to invest in themselves and do things for the right reasons. And, and then us just hearing another DJ play music that they love and songs we maybe have heard or haven't heard before you know it's just like a fun thing yeah like one of my favorite moments during that set was vice came up to me and like put his phone in my face and it was on shazam and he was like shazamming the yeah. song and he was just smiling and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm teaching a, vice a song <laughs> and then he played it actually like a week or two later he oh, was at dope. he was at highlight room yeah and he played it and then edwin got like a video of vice playing it and like the crowd or whatever and he went into vice and and vice was like yeah i got this from dj bb beats <laughs> i was like sick <laughs> full uh, circle so cool that's crazy what um what do you, I mean, what do you love about DJing? Good question. What I love, okay, here's what I love about DJing. A lot of things. But what I love most about DJing is that DJing allows me, it's the fastest and easiest and, like, best way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Because people that I might otherwise never talk to or get to know or, right. or, we might never be on that level where we're just like super, just like we get each other. Yeah. But if I drop that song 
that you love yeah. and you don't know me or whatever, but it's that one song that you just love that moment where I drop that song and then that person turns around, you know, like yeah. and then comes up to me and goes, yo. And then they just like, right. And then we're just, we're best friends Yeah, in one second because I just dropped a song that you really love. That's true. You know what I mean? And like that's, or similarly when I'm in front of maybe like a crowd of people that is like from a specific culture yeah, and then I play their music right, and they look at me like, who is this guy? And they're, and they just like that connection is formed. Yeah. They're like, we love this. Like, yeah. thank you. It's that universal connection. It's the easiest way to connect with people. Right. And it's a really incredible way to learn about culture, Yeah, which I love, you know, right. like that's the, the number one way that I interact with other cultures is like through their music. I feel yeah. like and food. But yeah, like, of course. But like music is such a powerful way to like, get a vibe, get a, get a, you know, sort of like an understanding of a culture. Yeah. And that's what I really love about it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Me too. It's just that it's the universal language. It's the thing that, that brings us all together. Exactly, dude. And a way to speak, even if you don't speak the language. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a great way to connect. With and it's just so nice to make people happy. Yeah. Like our job exactly. is to like make people have a good time. Right. A lot of times people put it down like, oh, you're just a DJ or like, we're just playing music, bro. And it's like, yeah, but same with like a comedian. You're just making people laugh or an actor. Like you're just acting in a movie. You're just saying words from a script. Yes. But you're providing this escape for people and, and art and things for them to enjoy and be inspired by and things to change their mood. And it's a massive part of the human experience. Um, and you can look at it through one lens where yes, it's stupid and look at it from the other lens where it's really, really powerful. And it's probably a mix of both, but I mean, I think that, um, yeah, like you're providing a service for people, even mental 100%. health. I mean, dude, songs 100%. can change your mood and everything. Hundred percent, dude. You know, the amount of times that I'm sure you've gotten this too, like after a gig where people come up to you and they're just yeah. like, "Dude, that's so much fun." Right. Like, thank you. That was yeah. the best night of my life. Right. You know, like that's yeah. that's what I live for. That's like you're trying deal. to yeah, like my sister in law. Well, my sister's a chef, and my sister in law is also a chef. And I was talking to someone the other day, and I was just saying how like sometimes I'll get booked for the same people that my sister-in-law will get booked to, she'll cook for them and I'll DJ just separately. But I was relating all of it just that like, we're all just trying to create a memorable experience for people, you know, through music, through food, through comedy, through memories, you know, whatever it is. And that's our job at the end of the day is like Absolutely. create this memorable experience. And a lot of times you, we do take for granted. We don't realize that this is a, something they're going to remember for their whole life. And they have, they're having such a great time. And like, I brought someone to a club with me in Madrid and then it was like my, like someone I was with's girlfriend. She's like, that was the greatest night of my life. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, you know, and I had a great night too, but yeah. it's just crazy to hear that. You no, know? I know. I know. Especially when like, and I, Personally, I really don't like doing weddings, but when I, I do do them, I think every DJ does yeah. really love doing weddings. I don't like it, but I've grown to like it more. And, and like, if I do get in that mindset of just like love and happiness, you know, Al Green, but just like, <laughs> of like, you're, you're creating this moment. It's a once in a lifetime yeah. thing. They're going to remember it forever. And the smells of the food are going to trigger things for the rest of their life and their memory. And the sounds of the music and the time it happened with their friend there in that one way will never happen again. And it's a special moment that you're part of, you know? Exactly. And like, I get people who, you know, I DJ their wedding forever ago and they're like, dude, people still talk about our wedding. Yeah. Like, was, they love the music. Yeah. Same. As much like as that. we dread it coming up, like you have to look at that part of things 
and maybe it'll calm you down, make yeah, you feel better. No, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah, it makes you exactly. it makes you really happy. It's just weddings are such a different beast. But oh god, it's yeah, a, we, it's we a nightmare leading up to it. But we like can talk about that forever. But that's why we charge more, a lot more, a lot more. Yes, um, it had actually a cool like thing occur where I was doing a basically like a fundraiser event. This is like pre TikTok, pre pandemic. Yeah. This is a long time ago, maybe five, six years ago or something. And I was doing like a fundraiser event for my little brother's school at the time. I was DJing it. And like a bunch of my family came and um, my I was DJing and it was like at a winery. It was like at night and like people are dancing. And one of my cousins was there and she was on the dance floor and like met some guy on the dance floor while I was DJing. Right. And they like hit it off and yeah. they ended up getting married. Oh my God. And then I, <laughs> I DJed the wedding. That's the best. And it was like a cool, like, cause it, they, when they hit me up to DJ their wedding, they were like, dude, you were DJing when we met. Right. Like you're this the reason, yeah, like you're the reason we met, There's you know, no like, choice. you're on the dance floor. That's how we met. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, like it was a cool, crazy. I never yeah. thought about that. Wow. That's I wonder huge. how often that happens when right. either of us are DJing and like people meet and they're just like that's their soulmate or whatever like because of the music you yeah know? I don't know I'm just saying matchmakers no, out here yeah <laughs> I mean I'm going for that every night I'm looking out in the crowd I'm always trying to make girls women dance you yeah. know and then when I see people getting together I'm yeah, like all right like, I'm making yeah. this happen here <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like I gotta keep it I gotta keep this vibe going I can't break up the uh, union for no, absolutely here. not yeah and then that one guy will come up to you and ask you to play some really hard right like, like, during uh, that <laughs> during that romantic moment you're like dude you got the new buster yeah come on man look <laughs> at the dance floor <laughs> you're like look at me now is not gonna help them you yeah, know I'm dance sorry, together man, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's so funny um and uh, I, let me see. What, oh, you know what we should get into uh, before it gets too late is some people from the internet oh, uh, yeah, yeah. have asked you questions. Um, sure. Let me see. I had something on Twitter um, that I will find, and then I got some Instagram ones. But um, I think the person on Twitter wrote me, uh, 25 Roses DJ wrote, what's it like having the world's deepest voice as a DJ, and do you see, see yourself... <laughs> Sorry, and do you see yourself having a future in reading audiobooks? <laughs> that's uh, true. That's you got another backup plan there. Good question. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I don't the know. Barry White of DJs. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's. Um, I never thought of my voice as like deep. Like I knew it was deep, but like yeah. I never thought of it as particularly deep or like anything, whatever. Right. Until I started posting on TikTok, and all the comments would be like this guy's voice like what the hell and i just like <laughs> i never thought of it really but i don't know it helped i don't know it's it's great <laughs> it's, i'm not gonna lie it's pretty nice um it's nice actually because it cuts through well on the mic I yeah feel like. It does. like especially in gigs like i feel like so many times at gigs i can't even understand what the dj is saying right but You're i feel right. like people understand when i'm talking so <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that so that's nice yeah. um and as far as reading audiobooks or any type of like <laughs> any type of like voice acting or like whatever yeah. i would love to do that I haven't seriously pursued it, but like I know at one point on TikTok, someone had like tagged the Calm app. You know, Calm. It's yeah. like a meditation oh, yeah. app. For sure. Someone like tagged them. Was like they like sponsored my son's soccer team randomly. Sick. We got a discount for the nice. kids to meditate before the soccer game. I games. love that. <laughs> um, they someone like tagged them or whatever, and then were like, "You should hit up. You should hire DJ Habibi. It's like read like a night yeah, meditation or something true. like that." And then I made a video auditioning basically for Calm. I was like, "Here's my unofficial audition for Calm," and I was like, asked people to tag yeah. Calm in the comments, and they tagged Calm like a zillion comments, 
and calm responded and oh. like the person who was like running their like social media page is obviously not the person who's like calling the shots right but like whoever's yeah. running their social media like commented on the video and was like I'm sending this to my boss <laughs> and nothing ever materialized, right. but like, I would love to do something like that. Be well, cool. you're putting it out there. It might yeah. happen. If anyone out there is listening, uh, one of he's nice ready. Boys, I'm, Hire I'm, him. I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, and, and speaking of that, like hitting you up, booking you, you know, someone hitting you up. Do you have a booking agent? Do you have a manager? Is that something you're interested in? Yeah. So I don't, um, I, so you're just handling it all yourself. Well, like if you get hit up to do these traveling gigs, you deal with it or you have some people helping you. Yeah. Up until recently I was, I was like one of my best friends was helping me with a okay. lot of stuff. And then, uh, for, for no like negative bad reason, we just decided to not do that right. anymore. But, um, yeah, like as far as most, pretty much all bookings, I just like basically handle myself. Yeah. Um, and which I've, isn't bad yeah which isn't bad at all yeah. like i've considered um the idea of like getting a booking agent it's kind of one of those things which i'm sure you'd probably actually have a lot of insight on this but and i should pick your brain about it yeah, but, um, anytime. but it's like one of those things where you know it has to make sense i think where i'm at yeah. a point where it would add value and not like like unnecessarily dilute me yes um and so i'm like again like what i was saying earlier is like my goal is not to necessarily to be booked Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a right. bunch of different towns every week. Yeah. Like, I think I could probably do that, but I don't necessarily want to do that unless it's like, so I, I'm being a bit picky about what I accept because I want it to be stuff that I, it really aligns with what I want to do and the sound I want, um, for the most part, but oftentimes too, I will take gigs cause they pay well. And like, I'm a working DJ and this is <laughs> the way I pay my bills. Yes. So it's like a bit of a balance and I'm trying right. to figure out at what point in time it would make sense to really like think about getting a booking agent and stuff. Right. And I think the booking agents in the open format world tend to be a bit different than the booking agents that you'd find once you start producing the music and getting traction on that as well. Right. So if that's something is your goal, maybe it is smart to sort of lay back, you know, on it, wait, be patient till you find the right person. And then once your music's out there, you match up with the right relationship, you know, that can help you in the right way. And a lot of times they help just when you're too busy, you know, and you want to have time to make these videos, produce this music, go DJ your gigs, travel around, go do podcasts, do all the other things and have someone else worrying about a lot of speaking to people, contracts, things that you don't want to deal with, yeah. you know, and, but will in effect, like would be an opportunity cost and you, would you know like it'll make you more money to pay that person the percentage absolutely you know rather than like oh is this working so no I, you're totally right and I, I feel like i'm in this kind of weird like zone where i'm like part dj part producer part like social media influencer yeah. person so right. it's like it feels a little bit like there's there's not a single like agency or person that can like equally handle all those things and so because i know lots of like dj agents that like right. book in vegas up and down right but like they don't necessarily do like sort of social media marketing stuff or right. whatever and so i and it's, it's just I, f I feel like i live in a little bit of a zone where i'm still finding myself and maneuvering and i want to like get a i just want the relationship to make a lot of sense before yeah. i do it and i don't want to jump into it for the sake of jumping into it i think that's smart so yeah that's really smart yeah, thank you um all right cooked by tea jq's brother uh he he's been on this show uh hanging out in the background before um he asked when you are dropping reggaeton edits oh that's <laughs> a good question um 
I don't have any in the pipeline at the moment, but I love reggaeton. So You're being a, asked, well, a, he he knows a lot about it. His brother JQ, dope yeah. DJ, was on this yeah, show, yeah, yeah. and you know they he's a producer too. Oh, I love I love JQ. I love both. so this is JQ's brother. Yeah, yeah, his yeah younger yeah. brother. I, I met him. Yeah, I met him and JQ actually at at Nam was the first time. Oh, okay. I met them. Yeah, yeah, great so. dudes. They'll, they'll put you on to the, the songs you should make edits of. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, I got to do some reggaeton edits for sure. Yeah. Okay. Coming sometime soon. No date. Sometime soon. Um, we, let's see. We got a seal.gif. Uh, you basically spoke on this. If there's anything else you want to add. But uh, they asked, what made you start posting on TikTok? And any advice for DJs trying to get exposure? Yeah. I mean, I spoke on like kind of my motivations earlier. But yeah. Um, I mean, I would say kind of what I said earlier, which is just do what it is that you really enjoy. Yeah. Because TikTok and the internet now is like really good at putting the right content in front of the right people. So if you really nerd out about this type of thing or this yeah. type of content or this type of turntablism or genre or whatever, put that out. And as long as it's like good product, it'll find the right people who also really like that. You yeah. know, and that's, that's, yeah, that's kind true. of my advice. Um, just a quick shout to Zach Seidman. Uh, he just put a bunch of hands up in the air from Big HQ2. Shout out. Shout shout out. He's the man, huge supporter of DJs and just uh, all around great dude. Love you, Zach. Um, let's see. We got, um, I'm sorry. I can't read your name. Totally. Milader Shaghi. Um, I apologize. Uh, shouldn't songs be measured in hobby beats, hobby beats, <laughs> Per minute rather than beats per minute. <laughs> you know, I've been working on getting, you know, everyone to change to that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, certain DJs are on the metric system. Yeah, so it just, it's it like meters. Yeah. yeah, it's like Celsius Fahrenheit. We're getting there. We're though. getting there One working day. on it. <laughs> um, uh, Aku.psd, how did he get into Punjabi music? I love that dude. He's a great DJ. Aku. Yeah. So he was, he DJed at my birthday set like, oh uh, dope party and like and happy birthday by the way how you turned 30 28 28 okay yeah. sorry i don't know why i thought i saw you post pictures of 30 so i'm making you older than you are oh, no, in two good. years we're really partying <laughs> hey, can't wait um yes yeah, so i played for my birthday i played at a party in la called no nuzzer okay which is one of my favorite parties in la oh um, tell me about it it's founded by a, this dude named omar who's a, a really talented producer okay. and his friend melinder um and their friend bianca and their other friend dj sudi and they're all like indian american djs okay um oh. and i think maybe pakistani american as well yeah and they all are really into like producing um and they they make like like they'll make like afro beat edits of bollywood songs That's or dope. or like bylet funk edits of of Indian music or whatever, right. or Punjabi music or whatever. Yeah. And so their party that they throw is very much like a world music party, but with an emphasis on sort of more like Indian and uh, Afro and Brazilian centric music. Yeah. And it's so, so fun. And oh, everyone, so everyone who goes just like is there to dance and have a good time. It feels like a boiler room, you know? Yeah. And when just, and where is it? The next one is happening this Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, at Melrose House, which oh, is cool. where, which is okay. where I did. Okay, I gotta check this spot out. Yeah, but if you look on Instagram, it's just no Nuzzer, which is spelled N A Z A R. Okay, no Nuzzer L A, and I believe yeah, next one is October fifteenth. So whenever that is, I think that's Saturday. This Saturday, this Saturday. yeah. Um, I don't think this podcast will be out yet, but <clears throat> no, no worries. You yeah. gotta definitely follow their <laughs> or page. Find it. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I was at a no nuzzer party for my birthday. They happened to have one on the day of my birthday, which is where I did my birthday set. Nice. And Aku was one of the guest DJs, and it was his actually his first live set. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So he's a, he's into producing, but it was his first live set. Oh, okay. And he murdered it. Like, wow. dude killed it. So big shout out Aku. Um, you got a great career ahead of you, and his edits are really, really, really good. Nice, um, I got to hear. Send them in, please. Yeah, send them in. <laughs> um, but his question was, how did I get into Punjabi music? Yeah. And I, it's, it's probably got to be my uncle. Um, same uncle. Nice. <laughs> he just, I mean, he, he he's uh, always been on all types of music, world music. and Sounds like he needs to be your manager. <laughs> I know, honestly, it does sound like it. Uh, Even his initial call to me was very uh, good manager. Oh, style. yeah, he's, uh, he's, got, he's got it down. He was asking me so many questions that nobody asked, you know. <laughs> I bet. Like on your behalf, and I was yeah. like, oh, this guy is really. Yeah, yeah no, he's no joke. He's great. Um, definitely one of my biggest inspirations and like nice. a huge, huge role model for me. That's great. Um, but yeah, he, um, he, I think the first Punjabi song I heard was, uh, I can't remember the, how to pronounce the, the name, but it's the classic one everyone knows by Punjabi MC. Yeah. Um, that everyone knows the one that Jay-Z did the remix. Right. Of. Beware of the boys. Yeah. That, that was the remix. Um, and I think first time I heard that was because like my uncle had just given me a bunch of music to download onto my iPod when I was a kid. And that was one of the songs. And I was like, this is sick. Right. And, uh, and growing up, I had Indian friends too that were, you know, and just different multicultural friends that yeah. were always exposing me to stuff. Right. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. We got another, oh, you're really going to have to start doing this because we got, uh, Bia Bonita, Bia X Bonita. Yeah. Uh, any reggaeton mixes coming soon? <laughs> you get a lot oh, of reggaeton okay, I, I think I, I think I know what I have to do now. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely need to do one. I, yeah. I don't know. I never thought about that. I love reggaeton music, but um, haven't been exploring that as far as right. putting it out. But uh, now I know. I mean, you're just good at I feel like finding the through line between all the musics. You know what I mean? You're like this ballet funk relates to Indian music, relates to you know Arabic music, and they're all cousins in a way, totally, you know, and just totally. finding those similar beats and patterns and sounds. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know. And what I've been obsessed with, I mean, just on a little bit of a tangent, yeah. what I've been obsessed with, like in the past few years of my life, DJ wise, has just been finding these rhythms that are just different, like yeah. rhythms that you don't hear in Western music. Right. Because over here, like in sort of top 40, what we hear in America, there's just so much outside of that that yeah. we don't hear. That yeah. is just like new sounds. You right. know what I mean? Like you've never heard a rhythm that sounds like a Bailey funk or a Afro beats yeah. or a Bhangra music or like right. whatever it is. And it's just I love hearing things that that are just exciting and different and that I don't that I haven't heard a million times already. Yeah. Um, I'll show you some stuff after, but like lately I've been really obsessed with, um, music out of sort of the Gulf Arab countries, which are like the Eastern Arab countries, Okay. which, so I, my family's from Palestine, so Western Arab countries and the music and culture is quite different. Okay. Um, and the sort of Eastern Arab countries have this sort of the percussion in their music has this swing to it that is so unique sounding and it almost feels like, like the beat is like sort of like in slow motion or it's like lagging behind the beat a little bit. Like it's almost like it's a little off beat, but like it's not. Dilla. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, basically. And it's just got this cadence to it that is so different than anything you hear in like yeah. normal music. And right. that's the stuff that excites me. I just love something that's like, oh, it makes yeah. my brain tingle, you know. Right. I can't help but bop around. That's dope. Yeah. 
Have you seen that show, Mo? Yeah, I just finished it. <laughs> so good. Great show. Right? I just thought because of the Palestinian yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's funny. It's like such a great show because it's so like heavy and deep and serious mixed with being so funny. And Absolutely. he's such like a likable. It I, His vibe. It's like you're saying, you know, his, he has a likable vibe, yeah. but also it's like hardcore. And yeah. like it was such a good show. I'm almost done. I've been like binge watching it. Dude, great show. And it's like super cool as a Palestinian American to yeah. see the Palestinian American experience on regular TV. I think that's so huge. You know what I mean? I felt that watching it. You know, I was like, this is, I've never seen anything like this. Me neither. You know, like it's so cool. And that, and just like we were saying about music, the same things happening for television and like squid games and shows that aren't even in English, you know? So yeah, it's it's amazing for us. I feel like hopefully (laughs) it'll bring our insane world together in certain ways because everyone feels so separated from each other from just a lack of experience and an ignorance and a not understanding each other, which leads to like just the standoffishness, but we can be open and understand each other's cultures and all the different stuff. And it'll like, people can be happier. (laughs) That's the hope. Right. The The other show that uh, you should, if you like Mo, have you seen Rami? No, I want to see it. I, I, I got to see that. That guy's really funny, too. I Great really show. like him. Great yeah, show. Very similar, like, Arab-American experience yeah. um, type show. But it's, like, funny, but it's heavy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah I love that. I actually got to DJ the, uh, there was, like, a pre-screening. Oh, the, I saw, yeah, you the did the, um, I was wondering where I just saw something about it. It was your your page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had That's a pre-screening so cool. at um, Holloway House, which is, like, the new Soho House location here. Okay. Uh, and I, they asked me to DJ. So it's, like, so cool because I got to DJ. I used to play all this, like, retro 70s, 80s, like, Arabic funk. And they disco. were probably loving it. Oh, like, dude. you're the perfect DJ for that. Yeah, they had a really good time, and so did I. And oh, my God. Just, you gotta, you'd got you be perfect for the Mo party, whatever that is. I know, Because you yeah, know Mo. so much about hip-hop mixed with, you know, all the other music. Mo, like, hit me up. Yeah, Mo, what are you doing, man? This is the perfect connection right here. We look like brothers. You could go on tour. I know you do look like brothers. You could go on, because he's a stand-up comic, too. Yeah, like, yeah. you could do that, like how Russell Peters has a DJ yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You guys could put together a dope little show. You do the samples before he goes on. Easy. <laughs> Palestinian, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be tight. Um, all right, last question. Jar Junior 86 something like that. No offense if I messed your name up. Um, any shows planned for San Diego? Um, nothing planned, but I definitely want to come back to San Diego soon. I was okay. just there a couple of weeks ago. It's so nice to yeah. love San Diego. It's great. I love uh, it. Every time I go to San Diego, I love it more and more. Yeah. Um, and it's really not that bad of a drive yeah. you know, from LA. No. So You can take the train, too. It goes straight down along the ocean. It's oh. like the best train Beautiful. in America. Okay, <laughs> no. You just to- go, go straight from LA and you just are chilling like along the ocean the whole time and you can just be on your computer like making edits and I love that. Best train ride. Um, yeah, so nothing planned, but okay. um, hopefully hopefully soon. Okay, but but uh you do have a lot of other things planned. Um in November you're going to be traveling around doing gigs. Yeah. Um where um, will you be? November 10th through the 15th, I'm in Toronto. Okay. Um so that f- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm trying to DJ all three days. Still working on locking down the exact like gigs and stuff, but we're okay. we're, we're close. Um, so. so be on the lookout for um, Toronto. I always post on my story and on my everything. You know, right. So check my IG and all that. So Toronto from the 10th to the 15th, and I'll be in Nashville for the DJ conference. Yeah. From like I think 16th through 17th, maybe. Okay, I'll be there too. Yep. Um, and then and then I'm in Michigan um, the weekend of the 18th. Through the twentieth or twenty first, um, and I'm I have a gig locked in at on the nineteenth um, 
for, I believe the place is called Rose Room 220, and that's in Birmingham, Michigan, on November 19th. Okay. Um, but then I'm trying to book out also, like, the 18th and the, and the 20th as well while I'm there, because I'm there for a few days. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be in Michigan as well, and then nice. back to L.A. Yeah, November sounds packed. Crazy. November's looking good. Yeah, <laughs> excited. Um, and you've also, like we spoke about a bit before, been producing music and you're putting stuff out. Where can people find that? Yeah, my SoundCloud. Um, there's like a link tree basically in my bio on all my socials. If you just hit that, it'll take you to my SoundCloud. Okay. Um, my SoundCloud name is just the same as everything else, DJ Habibi. It's, and that's where I'll, I'll post like any edits or remixes or anything okay. that I'm working on. And how do you promote, like, what's the best way that you promote your gigs or anything you want to promote? Like, now that you have such a big following, you don't want to maybe post, do you post videos about it or put it in the story? You know, or it's an interesting thing because, like... You don't want to overload them, but... Yeah, I, it's, it, I, I find that, like, so the way, what, what TikTok has done effectively to all social media, especially mm -hmm. Instagram, too, is, like, it's made um, all the social media companies really prioritize virality, Right. So like, <laughs> right. So I've found that like, if a post doesn't have super viral potential, it doesn't get that many eyeballs on it. Right. Like it doesn't show it to that many people. Have you know, I don't know, maybe you've noticed that you're Oh, a hundred percent. I did something the other day on Instagram where I posted three things in the day just to kind of like see they're totally different. And one of them was some, like I did this magazine face thing, right? Imitate like magazine covers in the airport. Like every time I'm traveling and I was, I've done it forever and people Every time I see anyone, like, oh, I love that. That's the best thing ever. It's my favorite thing that you do on Instagram. And, like, I haven't done it for a while because of the pandemic. And I don't know. I've been doing it forever. So I was like, all right, I'll do it again. Post it. Gets, like, nothing, you know. And I'm like, that's the thing everybody in the real world tells me they want to see. But I think it's just not showing it to anybody. Then I did another video that was just, like, some random joke thing. Got, like, a ton of likes and 20,000 views, you know, and then I did another one. Oh, a podcast clip that got like zero, you know, like yeah. not zero, but like not a lot of people. Yeah. And it was so weird to see what, but then when I see people in real life, they'll go, Oh, I just never saw it. You know, it just didn't show it to them. Like you yeah. said, it's crazy. Cause I'll meet people like who recognize me from like TikTok or whatever. And they'll be like, they'll be like, um, Oh, when are, do you ever DJ in LA? And I'm like, I teach in LA all the time. Oh, me too. They're like, they're, but they're like, well, we don't ever. I post like, I'll post so much to the point where I feel like I'm annoying. And then they'll be like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, what? Or, or anywhere. Like I'll be in San Francisco this Friday and like posting all the time. People are like, damn, you didn't let me know you're here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't dude, know what uh, else I can do. Yeah. And so what I've found, what I've tried to do recently is, is sort of market or like get the word out via more viral videos if I can Right. So like that's kind of what I tried to do with like my party just over the weekend. I had a clip from another gig where I had dropped an Arabic song and the crowd went wild and so like the video is uh, it's just that. Right. But like the caption is like oh when you drop an Arabic banger in the club was like the caption and then like as soon as like the beat drops the caption then changes like on the screen to like Next party is uh, oh, this day. Okay, come through because like I, I feel like I have to like hook <laughs> the people, yeah, and, like, get it out there, right, and then promote it because it's if you just if I post just like a flyer, hey, I'm at this club this yeah. Saturday, it just doesn't show it to anyone, right? You know, and you have like, a million followers and like four people see yeah, it. Yeah, it's just so weird. Yeah, right. So. They like know how to do it, but you have to know how to do. And like if you put too long of a caption, does it also maybe? Uh, I don't think so. I, I just think that like Instagram and social media can detect when you're trying to promote a thing. Yeah. They know, they can read the text, like yes. they know what you're doing. So like 
I think they kind of throttle that a little bit and like yes. suppress it because they want you to pay for like marketing. Yeah. Which I'm not fully against. Like I get that. But then like for the longest time, Instagram wouldn't let me pay for marketing. I don't know why. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, it can't have both ways. But right. so I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, funny thing trying to like get the word out these days. Yeah. Right? So, but the best, you just got to do the best you can. Yeah. You know, try and make. No, that's yeah. interesting. Even just that little tidbit about hooking them in and then saying it. Yeah. That's a cool way. Um, cool. Well, you got any other uh, final words for the DJs out there, all the people listening? How <laughs> uh, much? Just be on the lookout for more edits, more remixes, um, more to come, yeah. um, more shows. I got a ton of people on my last video or one of my recent videos. So many people were asking me when I was coming to New York City. Which I was blown away by. I didn't realize I had that many people in New York City who were like down. Got to do it. Yeah, I have to go. So have you been you, there before? Uh, once, very briefly, for a wedding. Uh, it's the greatest, one of the greatest places on earth. Dude, it was amazing. <laughs> I was there for like two days, but it was. Oh, it's amazing. so much fun. I love uh, it so much. But yeah, New York City soon. Hopefully, I yeah. gotta figure that out. But I'd love to come. Yeah, so. great, amazing, yo. Well, thank you so much for taking the time Dude, to come on the show. Me. Glad we got to make this happen, and uh, I'll see you. I'll see you soon somewhere. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. Thank you to DJ Hobby Beats for coming on the show. I learned a lot. It was really good to get to know him better. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of it. Um, can't wait to go to his parties, hear his music, and do all that stuff. Um, he's just a good example of a genuine person that is learning along the way, not afraid to fail, and uh, just excited to go out there and share music. That's what it's all about. That's what DJing's all about. That's why we're here, and it's the Universal Connector. So it was so good having him on the show. Thank you guys, the Beat Sorcerers, for listening. Please rate and review the show on any platform that you're listening or watching on. The 20 Podcast is produced by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I'm DJ Spider signing off. Peace. And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.